take it lightly, any opportunity to preach. So it's a blessing. I was telling uh, just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to preach at the Union Baptist Church, and I was telling them, I'm still kind of a little nervous preaching to adults. Uh, most of my experience of the six years at Heartland was preaching to third through fifth graders. So it's a little bit different. <laughs> um, but I hope it's a blessing. Lord's uh, really been working on my heart with this passage. So let's go ahead and jump straight into it in Luke chapter 5. If you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I'm just going to read a few verses and then we'll get into some context and some background it's a little bit different style for me, but it's still God's Word, and it's still good, and the Lord's really worked me over with it. So if you turn to Luke chapter 5, and you look at verse 15, like I said, we'll get into the context of it in a little bit. Maybe you remember some of it from our through the Bible time on Sunday mornings, but hopefully I'm not re-preaching something Brother Andrew has already preached, but uh, it's still God's Word, and it's still good, so... Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 15, it says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, speaking of Jesus, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I'm just going to read that verse. And it's, it's just one phrase that has stood out to me. And, and we'll get into the context again. But just that verse one more time. Verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there, was, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Before we go ahead and get into the the message, let's go ahead and open a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. And now we know it's true for us, or just as it was true for them back then, even as you spoke the words. God, we pray that you would use me. Lord, just as you've already used this passage, Lord, even just this one phrase to speak to my heart, Lord, and convict me uh, in areas that I need to work on, Lord, that your word would not return void tonight, God, but that it would prick the hearts of uh, everyone here, or that you would use it, you would be honored, you would be glorified. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray and we believe. Amen. So, here in Luke chapter 5, it's towards the beginning of the account, Luke's account of, of Jesus. And, and Luke chapter 2 is one of the most common, you know, read for Christmas time of Jesus' birth. And coming along, you follow the story of the record of Jesus Christ through Luke. You see of his birth and you see of his baptism, read of the temptation in the wilderness, and start, after that, it starts into his ministry, and Jesus' life, from about the age of 30, and beginning to show people and tell people, beginning to preach the kingdom of heaven, and tell people 
God's word and to instruct what he came to do and how Jesus would come and how he would die on the cross and how Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophets that Jesus was the one that was prophesied that he would come and he would die for our sins. And so Jesus' ministry began and he began telling people, he began to work miracles, he began to heal people. The blind began to see. He healed the, the leper to be clean. He healed lame, the lame, so they could walk. He healed the deaf so they could hear. He healed the mute so they could speak. And by this time, there was at least two times already in Luke's account where it said that many came to him and he healed them all of their diseases. It truly was a miraculous times that the people here saw. Something they'd never seen before. That those with diseases and those with sicknesses, even leprosy, which was seen as uncurable, and if you had leprosy, you were out of the town, out of the city, and that was it. You were an outcast. Even lepers were being healed. And that's even what happened right before our passage, was a leper came to Jesus and pleaded to be healed. And Jesus healed him. And it was a, a time when the people were seeing something amazing. And they, if they knew their Bibles, which, or knew their Old Testament, knew the law as they should, they knew this, this was something that many of the prophets spoke of, that the Messiah was coming, God's promised one was coming. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, this is him. And so people, as we read in verse 15, this was one of those, a great multitude came to him again. And they were all healed. And all that came to, to hear his words and all that came and trusted that Jesus could heal them, whether it be leprosy, whether they were deaf, whether they were mute, whether they were blind, no matter what, if they came the believing that they were healed. But then it goes on into verse 17 and something that, a verse that, you know, you know when you read the Bible, you read something, over and over and over, and then the next time you come to the passage, you read it, and you're, man, I, I never saw that before. It's not that it wasn't there before. But just something that, that has caught my attention, and the Lord's worked me over. It's nothing new. It's something we know in the Bible, but just another way to see it. And then verse 17, it talks about how Pharisees come. And we heard even in the mor- this morning in the uh, through the Bible time of, of the Pharisees who approached Jesus and said, you're doing wrong. And pointing the finger and saying, why don't your disciples follow the traditions of the elders? And how we know the Pharisees and the scribes, the lawyers, those that were the religious leaders of the day, they were, as we read in the gospel accounts, they were Jesus' greatest opponents. Well, I always think of the, the battle, you know, the, the fist fight that you have... Good versus evil, you know, I, I don't know. The, there was the war, their opponents. They were the ones that were always wrong, trying to trip up Jesus and tell them, how about, how about this, Jesus? Or, or, or tell us this, Jesus. Maybe you're wrong here. They were always the ones trying to mess him up or show the people that Jesus was just a fraud, as they had supposed and here really seems to be the first time that they come. 
They, they hear of all the miracles that Jesus has been doing. And so from out of everywhere, from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, from all over, these religious leaders, the people that, that knew the law, inside and out, frontwards and backwards, they knew God's word probably the best out of anybody in that time. They came to see what was going on, who this Jesus was that they were hearing about, all the, the miracles that they had heard of. And so they came and from out of, as it says in verse 17, every town, every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And then it says something interesting. The, the phrase here in verse 17, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, I read a few commentaries just for the fun of it to see what they would say on this verse. And it said, you know, it's talking about healing the people that came to be healed. I mean, that's what we saw. But I, I know I'm, I'm not the smartest of people. And, but English grammar would say that the, the pronoun there, them, would point back to the, you know, the previous noun. Not all the way back here. So, the power of the Lord was present to heal them them would mean the Pharisees, right? I'm mean, just simple grammar. Which, when I understood that, I would heal the Pharisees? Heal, heal the lawyers? Heal, heal the scribes? What's wrong with them? They weren't the ones that were blind and coming to say, Jesus, heal my sight. They weren't the ones saying, oh, Jesus, I can't walk. Can you heal me? But the Bible here says that the power of the Lord, God's power, was present to heal them. They saw that God's power was present to heal the blind and heal the lame and heal the sick. But the power of the Lord was present even to heal the Pharisees. And I, I don't know about you, but as I said, my, my tendency is when I look at the, the Pharisees and, and the gospel accounts, I always say it's the bad guys. And I'm just waiting when I read the account and get him, Jesus. Yeah, show them. You, you tell them. But that's not Jesus' heart. That wasn't his mind when he encountered them on a daily basis. When Jesus encountered the Pharisees, he didn't see, oh, all right, let's go. It wasn't someone to, to beat or to shove down and say, you're wrong every time. But he wanted to heal them too. No, they weren't blind. No, they weren't sick. They were probably some of the, the most well-known, the, the most prosperous people in their day. But they needed healing too. They needed healing more than just the sickness or more than just the infirmities of the day, more than even leprosy. They needed the same healing that everybody else needed, even those that were blind, even those that were lame. This is the healing of their soul. That they were lost just like those that were blind and, and lame and, and deaf and, and leprous, that they needed Jesus just as much. And that this verse tells us, and in the next few accounts are, seem to be a commentary on just this phrase, but this phrase tells us that Jesus was willing 
And Jesus was able to heal to save them too. You know, there are many of the accounts we see in the Gospels, every time somebody would come to Jesus with a sickness, with an infirmity, with a problem, he was more than willing to help them. I mean, we even saw the account of the Gentile woman this morning who Jesus seemed as if he wasn't going to help her to teach his disciples something, and he did. He was always willing to help. But the only group of people that we see in the Gospels that never were healed, except for a few, were the Pharisees. The reason being, they didn't want to see. They didn't want to be healed. They didn't want to recognize the fact that they needed it. And we see that even in the, the next few accounts. And if you've been in, in church any while or been reading your Bible for any while, you've heard these stories. The, after this verse here in verse 17 comes the account of, of the lame man who had four friends. Who they had heard that Jesus had, could heal people. And so the four friends grab their friend and take him to the house where Jesus was. And when they couldn't get in the door... They go to the roof. They dismantle some poor person's roof and lower him down to Jesus just to give him a chance. And Jesus, is, Jesus sees their, his faith. But instead of just simply saying, all right, go, get up, get, go walk, you're healed. The power that was present to heal the Pharisees needed to be shown to them too. You know, Jesus could have healed the, the lame man just right there. Why didn't he? Why did he say something different? Instead, Jesus said, let's see, I want to read it because I don't want to ruin it. Instead, when he, Jesus saw them, he said, man, verse 20, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Instead of just healing him, he forgave his sins. And these same Pharisees, these same scribes, these same religious leaders, verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Exactly. There you go. Who can forgive sins but God? You're looking at him. And... It didn't click. So Jesus makes it plain to them, makes it clear. He says in the next verse, But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering, said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. So he, he, he tells them, Okay, normal person, normal human being, I can't go down to the hospital and look at somebody on a... On, on a bed there who can't walk and say, just get up and walk. I couldn't do that. I'm a sinful human. I'm just a man. I am nobody. I, I can't just tell them, get up and walk. Just as much as I can't go tell them and say, you're forgiven of your sins. Only God can do both. So if Jesus was doing one, If God is the only one who can heal sickness 
and, and heal the lame and, and cleanse the leper. And Jesus was doing this. Two plus two still makes four. A still equals A. Jesus is God. If God is the only one who can heal the lame man and cleanse the leper, and Jesus was the one cleansing the leper and healing the lame man, Jesus was God. But the Pharisees chose not to see it. So Jesus plainly tells them, You're right. Which one's easier for me to say you can go ahead and walk or your sins are forgiven you? And Jesus was explaining to them, to the Pharisees, that, yes, I am God. I can forgive sin. I can heal this man and he can walk, but I can forgive his sins too. And I can forgive yours too. He wanted to make it clear to the Pharisees that though they didn't have an issue like not being able to walk, He could forgive their sins because He was God. And so, as it says in verse, let's see, sorry, verse 24, but that ye may know, He even told them, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately He rose up before them and took up that whereon He lay. And departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. The Pharisees saw it. They, they, they put two and two together. It, it said all were amazed. They saw that, okay, if God can heal, then God can forgive sins. If Jesus can heal, who does that make him? All were amazed, and they said, hmm, we've seen something interesting. But then even another account, the next following account, is when he calls Levi, or otherwise known as Matthew, to be his disciple, a publican, a tax collector, the IRS of the day. Nobody liked them. Nobody liked them then, nobody likes them now, for the most part. But Levi left and followed Jesus. And he, he set a spread for him and a, and a feast. And those that fellowshiped and those that ate with him were sinners and publicans. The people that everyone hated. And they looked down on. The people that they would say is, oh, oh those people need Jesus. Those, those are the people, they, they, need, they need to be forgiven of their sins. If Jesus really can forgive sins, that's them. They need it. But the Pharisees even questioned the disciples and said, you know, ask Jesus, why do you eat with sinners and publicans? Aren't you holier than that? Why do you? You're going to eat with them? Isn't Jesus better than that? Jesus can't really be holy, really can't be religious if he's going to eat with them. But Jesus simply answered them, verse 31, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said he didn't come into the world to heal those that didn't need healing. 
When you go down to, to Mount Sinai Hospital down here, it's not called Mount Sinai Inn and Resort. It's not Mount Sinai Hotel. It's not a, just a big building with a bunch of well people. It's a hospital. There's doctors and there's physicians there who do their job. They help people get better. Well, if a doctor were to walk into the room and the patient said, Oh, I just feel great. What's the point? There would be no need for a doctor if everyone just is great and everyone is well. Jesus said, I, I didn't come because everyone is awesome and everyone is great and, oh, you're doing awesome, you're doing great, you're doing good. Jesus said, I, I came because there's sin that needs to be forgiven. There's sickness that needs to be healed. So through these accounts, just looking at the Pharisees in a different light, they're not just the opponents that Jesus wanted to win over, but they were souls too. That Jesus, at every count, every chance, yes, he put them in their place, but he wanted to make sure that they were in their place to hear the power that was available to them. That the Pharisees were the religious leaders who thought they were okay. Almost like the, the New Yorker mindset of, I got this. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good on my own. I, I don't need any help. I'm good. He wanted to show them, no, you're not. That the power of God was present to heal them. The fact is, they didn't want to see it. They didn't want to believe it. How many times when we go out on visitation, you hand a tract to a person and say, a gospel tract? Invitation to church? Just the Bible? And they say, no, nah, I'm good. Just the, the, the proud person in me just wants to quote, there's none good, no, not one. Just, that's not right. But, but how many times do we see, I mean, that's even true with the lost today. Is that Jesus can heal you. Jesus can save you. Jesus still saves. No, I'm good. I, I, I'm fine. I, I don't need a physician. It, it makes me think of my brother when he was just little. Uh, they did vision testing in the public schools. You know, when you get to a certain age, they put you in a room and they put you in front of those eye charts and they tell you, look at the chart, read this. You know, you, the same you do when you go to get glasses. And uh, he's standing there and my mother was actually helping out. I don't know exactly why, but that's another. And said, read the chart. And he said, what chart? The, the chart over there. What, what's the first line? What chart? I, my brother didn't realize that his vision wasn't normal. He, he couldn't see the chart. And so prompted my mother to go take him to the doctor, check his eyes out. And so we did. And it, he got glasses. And he put them on. And I remember the first time when he got him, and he put them on. And he, whoa. What are those things on the trees? Well, those are leaves. 
Was that where leaves come from? He knew what a leaf was, and he knew what a tree was. He just didn't see the leaves on the trees. We get home and say, whoa, the dogs have whiskers. Before he got his glasses or before someone told him something was wrong, he didn't know. He didn't know. He thought he was perfectly fine. He thought he was all right. I know it's a silly illustration, but the fact is, people do need to know. They need to be told that you, you may not know it, but you're dying. I can only imagine that being probably one of the hardest jobs for a doctor to tell somebody, hey, the blood test has come back and you're dying. But we have a responsibility to tell a lost world that you're dying. And if something doesn't change, you're going on your way to hell. But guess what? The power of God is present to heal them. That, that, that word was present. It's, it's not a past tense verb. It's an imperfect verb. Which means, yes, it has a past tense part to it. It, it, it was present. But since it's imperfect, it was and it was and it was. And it was, and it is, and it is, and it will be. It continues on. has a continuing effect. That, that Jesus wasn't only able to heal them back then, but the power of God was, and is, and will be present to heal them, and them, and them, and them, and everyone. For Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The power of God is present for salvation for everyone. Romans 1.16 talks about the power of God. It's the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's power is still available. We have a responsibility to tell them. But on a second note, how often can we be like the Pharisees? We're saved. We, we, we've called, we've believed, we've received, you know, what we've been learning. We, we know we're saved. But how often can we, after we've had that power to, to heal us, can we go on in our life and say, God, thank you so much for healing me. I've got it from here. No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. In the hard times when we say, oh man, I, I don't know what to do. God, help me. Give me wisdom. Get, I don't have the finances now, Lord. I, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what to do with my family. But in the easy times... Thanks for your help in the hard time, God. I got this. I'm doing good. I don't need help. I don't need healing. I'm, I'm doing all right. And that can be our tendency. To be saved and yet Pharisees. Saved, know we're going to heaven. Know that without God we could do nothing. 
And we couldn't save ourselves. But because he died on the cross and because we called, we believed, that we're forgiven, saved eternally. And then we can take it and say, thanks, I'm, I got it from here. And we can be like my brother and not see what God has for us. Just because we don't want the power of God that is available to us. The gospel that is the power for salvation is also the power for everyday living. For God hath given us all things, 2 Peter 1.3, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. That's why we have Bible reading calendars. That's why we're all encouraged pretty much every Sunday, every Thursday, be in your Bible. Don't forget to have a personal walk with God. You need it, even when you think you don't. You need it. Because you never know. If you wake up that day and say, you know, I'm good today. You never know what you could have read today. You don't know what you're going to encounter today. And God may have been waiting to give you the tools for today. His power was available when you said, I think I got it. I think I can do it today. So just a simple encouragement. Once again, we hear it all the time, but don't forsake the power that God has given us. Don't don't set it aside for one day and say, you know, I I read twice yesterday. I, I read for I read today's on the calendar and I read Tomorrow, so I don't have to do it tomorrow. You need a daily walk with Him. As the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the power of the Lord is present for us each day if we're saved. And don't forsake it. And don't forget that no matter how many people say no, no, and no, or how many times they turn away, that the power of the Lord is still present to save them out there. Don't give up. God still is seeking to save all who will for all who call. The power of the Lord is still present to heal them and us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what it's meant in my heart. And I pray that you would use this message, Lord, to do a work in the hearts of of those here, God, that pray that thank you for your word and how it's still, Lord, you've promised that it won't return void, for that you would be honored and you would be glorified. It's in your name we pray. Amen.